We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think offensively, it's still the line. You know, how well is that unit going to gel? Is it going to be it? Can it happen the next couple weeks in practice? Will it need three, four games? Will it ever gel? I mean, you know, 2019, that unit never really gelled. It never really became the group you thought it could be. Uh, so, so when will that happen? I think that's a question mark. I think, you know, we still need to see what the offense is going to look like. Is it going to be as aggressive as Brian Kelly is and Tommy Reese are saying it is, are they going to spread the ball around? Are they going to take shots down the field? Those type of things. And, you know, defensively it's, it's how quickly does, do these kids really get comfortable in Marcus Freeman's defense and will they be able to stay healthy up front? And if, if so, I think that group can be very good. And, and can protect the secondary a little bit. But, you know, I, I think those, to me, right now, are still my, my biggest question marks about this team. Okay, then what's what's the other side? Where, where do your biggest confidences lie? I think the skill on offense is, is tremendous. And, and to the point where, you know, not many teams could say, you know, let's say something happened to Kyron Williams and he was down for a series or a half or a game. And you say, well, you know what? They're still pretty good at running back. You know, you could lose a, one of your starting receivers or two and still say, yeah, you're putting a really good football player on the field. Uh, tight ends, the same story. I mean, they, they're as deep as I've seen Notre Dame when it comes to playmakers. Now, are there a lot of proven playmakers? No. But the t- from just a pure talent standpoint, I, I really am confident, maybe more than I should be based on the lack of proven production. And I will absolutely admis- admit that that exists outside of Kyron Williams and Michael Mayer. But I just think the talent is really good. The depth is really good. And I think that group is going to be very, very productive. And if they're healthy, I think the front seven is going to be outstanding. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what I was you know, talking about in the first segment of the show. I've really been impressed. I mean... I think we all were ready to be impressed with the defensive line. I've been impressed as well just with the linebackers and what they have looked like. So, if, like, especially when you look at Maris Leofau and then you throw in a guy like Jack Kaiser, who, who maybe hasn't, you know, flashed quite as much as some of the other guys, but he's been steady out there anyway. What are your thoughts on, on this linebacker core that they've got? I think for the Rover, that last part's the most important thing for me is I want a rover that's steady. I think at times Jeremiah Wusu, who was brilliant, uh, maybe took some chances that got the defense in trouble. And now he was capable of overcoming it, right, because he was a great player. But I think there's a need for that to be kind of steady and just, hey, you know what you're going to get out there. And then any any big-time production beyond that is a, is a bonus. But, you know, you look at this group, Sean, this, these kids can run. Yeah. I and mean, that's the thing I really like about it is, you know, Drew White is, is – much more athletic than people I think give him credit for. I think there's a lot of assumptions made about him because he looks a lot like Joe Schmidt. That they think he <laughs> plays like Joe Schmidt athletically, and, and yeah. he doesn't. And Joe was a you know great kid and a very smart kid, and, and I think Drew is those things as well. But Drew's a much better athlete. I mean, there's a reason Joe Schmidt had offers from LSU and Notre Dame and Florida, you know, offers that Joe Schmidt didn't have coming out of high school. Uh, and and you look at Maris Luafau. I mean, it's it's he's always had the athleticism. Right, that was a question for us. It was always. Can he steer that athleticism in the right direction? And can he be disciplined in assignment correct while also being, you know, playing with that reckless abandon that I think makes him different? And, you know, from from what I'm hearing talking to sources, that's what's happening. You know, that, that light from a discipline and assignment correctness standpoint, that light has gone on and it hasn't cost him any athleticism or any explosiveness or any, you know, any fire. And, and that's what you see. And, and you know, now they got to go prove that they can be productive and do so and, and eliminate some of the mistakes that cost them last year, especially in the Alabama game. The linebackers got beat way too much in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that's going to be the next step is is proving it. Because I think right now with most good teams, there's a lot of things to be excited about. It's just, okay, but what's it going to look like when you're playing someone that doesn't wear the same uniform as you? That's when you truly find out, like, is the offensive line actually pretty good? But they're just getting dominated by a great D-line, which is kind of the case in 2017. But the opposite, you know, we were questioning, is this D-line going to be terrible or right. what? Well, come to find out, it was just the best offensive line in college football, you know. Is that the case going on there? Or is it just the defensive line's not as good as we think because the offensive line's pretty bad? You don't really know the answer to those questions until you get out on Saturdays, or in this case on a Sunday, and start to see them go against other people. And, and that's the thing that, that, you know, there's always going to be that little asterisk of, well, we'll find out here starting September 5th, but this is kind of how I feel about it right now. Yeah, and I get your point with what you're saying about Drew White, but he definitely seems like he's moving differently you know, yeah. this year than, than we've seen the last couple of years. How much is maybe the combination of the experience that he's gained along the way added with that def- Marcus Freeman defensive scheme that we've heard about with you know play freer and, and all those kind of things? I think those two are, are factors. I think the other factor for me, Sean, is I, I, I feel like Drew was a more effective player in 2019 than he was in 2020. Okay. And I think a big reason for that is in 2019, he didn't really have to worry about Osmar Bilal. Drew could just worry about what's his what his job was. 
last year, Drew got into a, a bad habit of feeling he had to compensate and was so worried about the lack of production and the, the lack of performance at the Buck linebacker spot, now the will, that I think it took him out of his game and he made more mistakes. You don't often see a guy like that be more mistake-prone in his second year as a starter than he was in his first year, and that's usually a reason. So I think it's the first two things that you mentioned are definitely on point, but I think a third factor is I think there's greater trust in the guys beside him, so Drew can just hey, once you get everybody lined up, you folk, what you know, you're in your spot now. It's, you worry about you, and I think that's helped him as well. It's Brian Driscoll from IrishBreakdown.com. We'll go ahead and stick with the defense um, since we're kind of on that uh, on that note right now. Jordan Batello, we keep seeing him with the third team, and you know all the stuff with the offseason, whatever. I have been impressed with with his coverage skills at time. Well, at times, what kind of role do you think that maybe Jordan Batello ends up with this year? I think if he's if he's part of the rotation, I, I think he brings a, 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 a an aspect of that Viper spot that I don't know if anybody else can bring, and and maybe Jason Adam Justin Adamiola, and, and that is we have to remember Jordan played a lot of middle linebacker in high school, you know, and he was a guy that I thought actually could play Mike linebacker in a, in certain defenses. You know, he's not your typical defensive end where he's, you know, 6'5 and rangy and long and all those kind of things. He's built kind of more like a linebacker. I mean, his body type has a lot more in common with, with Bo Bauer than it does Isaiah Foskey. And, and I think he played that. And he's a guy that under, and he's been in coverage before. He's dropped in coverage. He's had to get up underneath zones. He's had to do all those type of things. And he's a pretty athletic, twitchy kid. So I think that's one of those things where if you're going to run the defense Marcus Freeman wants to run, which is being able to be multiple from four down to three down, and ideally being able to do that without having to substitute every time you want to change that up in the middle of a series, you need guys like that that – you know, can not only just line up on the edge and play the run and set the edge and rush the quarterback, but also guys that can legitimately drop in coverage and not just drop in the flats, but, you know, run with a tight end and, and get up underneath the curl route, yeah. get up underneath an out cut, things like that. Some things that Dalen Hayes was brilliant at. I think if you can have a guy that can also do that and then also bring more of a, of a pass rushing potential that I think Patelho brings that maybe Dalen was never that kind of pass rusher in games – then you've got yourself a weapon that you can use a lot and move around a lot. And I think Patelho and Justin Adamiola bring a little bit more of that versatility to that Viper position maybe than does Isaiah Foskey, who's more of a pure – now he's athletic enough to do those things, but he never he hasn't done it a lot. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. I think he's still probably getting used to that. But he, he can get by with length and athleticism, whereas Patelho's doing it because he's instinctive and he's smart and he has experience doing it and he can thrive in that regard. How about Isaiah Pryor? You know, like when we talk about that rover position, you were talking about Kaiser. He's been running, you know, at number two rover quite a bit. Do you think this is a guy that we're going to see on Saturday? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think this is a kid, Isaiah Pryor, that, that if you can find the right role for him, he could be pretty good at it. I think the thing about Isaiah Pryor, what hurt him at Ohio State and what cost him to lose his job there, what cost him – the potential of you know earning a starting job last year or staying at safety because remember he was recruited to initially play safety and he moved to rover is he's just not a great cover guy and and I don't know if if having him drop into coverage 25 times a game is really where you want to be but if you can allow him to use his toughness and his speed and his his football smarts 
to play a downhill game, I think he can help you and help you a lot. I mean, I think he's a really tough athletic kid. I mean, we saw it last year on special team, Sean, right? I mean, he had some big impressive hits last year on special. He was part of what was a tremendous coverage unit for Notre Dame last year mm-hmm. in special teams, meaning cover, meaning running down and covering kicks, not you, you, right? So a little different than I just said he's not good in coverage, and then I said he's part of a great coverage <laughs> unit. Make sure that I'm being clear. One's a lot on different. special teams, yeah. one's on defense. Um, you know, but because he can hit you, he's strong, he's smart, and he's fast. And I think if you can get him to play downhill, then then that's a great role for him. And you just got to know if teams are going to pass, we got to make sure we've got coverage calls that are not going to expose him to you know, having to cover slots and things like that. But you know, there's certainly a role. And I think that's something Marcus Freeman's going to do really well also. At least that's something he wants to do is let's make sure that we're putting guys in position where they can play to their strengths. Clark Lee tried to do that. I think he was really good at that as well for the most part. Uh, so I, I think there, there, there certainly can be a role where Isaiah Pryor can be an impact guy for Notre Dame in that in that niche kind of role. Brian Driscoll with us from IrishBreakdown.com. Uh, offensively, we saw some pretty creative things from the offense last week at that practice, and we're not you know supposed to get into a ton of formational stuff and all those kind of things. But let me just ask you, how how different are you thinking this offense is going to look compared to last year? I think it's going to look quite a bit. I mean, you know, Brian Kelly's saying some things now that 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 we've been saying for months, but he pushed back on you know last winter about mm-hmm. you know they were, you know, conservative and these type of things. And it's like, well, yeah, we all knew that. We knew that then. I'm glad you're <laughs> saying that now. Uh, I don't know why you're so mad at us for saying it then, but uh, you know, what what we have to understand about about last year was not just the COVID stuff and the personnel, but you know, they spent the whole offseason thinking they were going to be building their offense around, you know, partly around Braden Lindsay and Kevin Austin. And they lost those guys really before camp even started. Right. I mean, Kevin Austin got hurt, came back, tried to come back, got hurt again. Braden Lindsay was never 100%. And and so it's hard in, to do that to do that anyway, to shift gears like that. It's even harder when like, oh, three weeks into that change, you all of a sudden can't play football for two weeks because of COVID. So, so I get it. I think we're going to see a, 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 an offense that spreads the ball around more. I think we're going to see an offense that's more aggressive attacking both horizontally and vertically. And an offense that understands, you know, we've got a good line but not a great line, so we're going to have to do some things to protect the line. As opposed to last year, the line was protecting everybody else. And so I think just philosophically it's going to look a lot different. There's going to be a lot of the same concepts and same formations and things like that. I just think we're going to see a lot of a, a lot more personnel, formational, and schematic versi- you know, versatility and diversity this year than what we saw last year, especially when it comes to the quick passing game uh, to the perimeter and then taking more shots down the field. I think – I can't remember if I saw you say something along these lines. Jack Cohn, the quarterback. I, I mean, maybe he's got a little bit more arm strength than Ian Book, but like we talk about this, this vertical – game and 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 doing these different things just the way just just like uh, and and I don't want to make it sound like Ian Book had like a psychological issue but his between the ears I think has a lot more to do with how he's going to be able to get it downfield than his predecessor would you say that's fair 100% I think you're you're spot on I wrote an article about this a few months ago and I've, I've talked about it again this summer is I do think Jack Cohn is going to improve the deep ball com- quite a bit even compared to what it was in 2019 I mean Ian Book was statistically very successful in 2019 on the deep ball I think you and I who were at games would also agree that there was a lot of shots he should have and didn't take mm-hmm. but when he did he was successful it was never a physical thing with Ian Book and Jack Cohn is a little different because number one 
I think the biggest thing is is being a good deep ball thrower, number one, requires some guts and some willingness to just say, hey, I'm going to let her rip, and some self-confidence. Sure. Number two, it requires great timing. You know, Trevor Lawrence can get away with maybe missing a read and throwing late down the field and still launching at 65 yards. Most quarterbacks can't do that. When you watch Jack Cohn throwing the deep ball downfield at Wisconsin, it was, you know, there was a throw he made against Minnesota. And the reason I use this game is because Minnesota was a top 10 team. It was on the road. And at the time, Minnesota was a one-loss team that people thought if they went out, they have a shot to make it to the college football playoff. This game was in November in the snow. Jack Cohn in the third quarter lets rip a seam route down the middle of the field over top of the defense for a touchdown that broke that game open. The ball only traveled about 40 to 45 yards in the air. But he hit the top of his drop, gathered, and threw immediately. Looked off the right made sure that safety was staying back, came back to his read, and when he got to the top of his drop, he was ready to throw. And so it didn't have to go very far to still get over top of the defense because it's timing. And we saw that in game after game after game. So that timing, that anticipation, that downfield accuracy, plus having a, a good enough arm to get the ball downfield. If he waits and, and they're doing seven-step drops and saying, hey, let's launch at 65 yards, he's not going to be successful. But if the ball's getting out on time and he's getting the ball in space and things are schemed well – I think Jack Cohn's going to be a, a better vertical weapon, but let's be honest too, he's going to have a lot better vertical weapons this year than what Tommy or than what Ian Book had to work with last year yeah, after absolutely. Austin and Lindsey and Keys all went down with injuries. Yep. Big big difference Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com as we count down toward that first game of the season. What's going on right now over at Irish Breakdown? Well, this week we're we're going to have some fun this week. You know, we I'm finally I've been teasing it for a month and I finally am actually getting it out, but we started our our sort of our opponent look and our final big picture team look, you know, so like today, uh, you know, we, we looked at the all opponent teams for offense, you know, so who are the best players that Notre Dame is going to face? You know, we, we got into sort of the veterans at Notre Dame that kind of get their last chance for stardom. We're going to talk about breakout players and top newcomers and, you know, expectations. And then later in the week, we're going to do bold predictions. You know, we're going to do some things that we're going to make some bold predictions about how this team is going to be and how this offense is going to be and defense is going to be. And we're going to roll out some some st- you know some opponent comparisons, you know how to top backfields and how does Notre Dame stack up, all that kind of fun stuff. And because next week, Sean, it's game week. That's right. I mean, we got to get our game week covered. So uh, <laughs> I, it can't. It's like it went slow, and then all of a sudden, oh wow, it's here. And uh, so so we're going to have a very very busy week between now and uh, or a couple weeks between now and September fifth. Yep. Coming up soon, thirteen days away. As always, Brian, thank you so much, and. Uh, Moving to Wednesday, so I'll talk to you Wednesday yes, this week. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. All right. Sounds great. Brian Driscoll from Irish Breakdown.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.